Own Your Creativity, Episode 50. Every day, I tell myself that I am an artist. I am a creative person. And, and it has opened up doors that I never thought would open. You're listening to the Own Your Creativity podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth Johnston. I'm an author, professor, and podcaster, and I help people tell their story. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. I'm really excited today because I'm talking to my longtime friend, Lori Mackey. Uh, we've actually known each other for a year, um, and it feels a lot longer than that in a really good way because <laughs> we've been meeting every week for a podcast accountability group with another lovely member um, because we are actually members of John Lee Dumas's podcast uh, Paradise, and um, through that, uh, they set us up with accountability partners, and Lori is my amazing accountability partner in the podcast world here. Um, and uh, yeah, because we've been meeting once a week, we we really got to know each other really well. And uh, I'd love to talk more about the podcast, uh, your podcast, in in relationship to creativity and the process. Um, of coming to embrace your creativity. Um, but right now, what I'd really love to do is hear more about what you do with Lori's Lemonade Stand. And so what's that all about? And, and what are you all about through that? <laughs> Good question. So it sounds very philosophical. Um, yeah, who are you? What are you doing here? That sort of thing. So uh, let me first say that I, our relationship over the last year has just been amazing. And anytime you put, whether it's an accountability group or Whatever, whenever you stick women together, like women do what women do best. And, and so we have gotten to know each other and we visit with each other and we've learned um, about each other's ups and downs in life and not just in podcasting. And so it really has been this year-long friendship of, you know, our ups and downs over the last year. So it's been super, super cool. So thank you for that. She is, Elizabeth, this is awesome. Uh, so Lori's Lemonade Stand, I literally am standing in my studio right now. I converted uh, this room, extra room in my house to my studio. I had a friend of mine create uh, a, literally a lemonade stand. I have like picket fence stuff on my wall and a big sign that says Lori's Lemonade Stand and little uh, burlap flags. And, and so if you can picture me standing like on the inside of a lemonade stand, that's me. I'm, I'm standing, I have a stand-up desk and I have what looks like a lemon crate that holds my keyboard and my mouse pad. So I am literally in a lemonade stand every day. The, the walls are yellow and there's crate things and lemon pictures everywhere. And so I just love that part. And it's a positive, upbeat thing. And that's what I'm creating. So Lori's Lemonade Stand is really geared towards women over 40. So mature women, I would say. And it is basically a service project of mine. It is a service business. My podcast is my number one focus right now, and it is geared towards bringing, it's an interview-based podcast, and bringing women in who have gone through struggles mostly and come out the other side and, you know, have found their light at the end of the tunnel, where at the beginning we thought it was just turned off, and somebody had taken the light bulb out, there was no electricity, whatever it was, and taking those sucking lemons moments and turning them into sweet lemonade. And so I interview all these people, and they're not all based on people who have gone through trauma and have lived to tell the tale. I, I have one that's about geocaching. I have one that's about diet and from a registered nutritionist and uh, a dietitian. And it, I mean, it just 
runs the gamut of everything. So the podcast is my heart and soul of my creativity right now. Um, I also am working on a book about positivity, and I am Mormon, and uh, some things that I've gone through through that, and that is also going to be geared towards women, uh, Mormon women specifically, and then I am a speaker, and I speak to women in all different walks of life. I love the microphone. I will just say that right now. I know that not everybody likes to speak in public. Um, but I'm kind of a mic hog. I'll share, but I really, really have this love affair with a microphone that I love to hold it in front of a bunch of women and hopefully tell a little bit about my story and inspire them. So in a nutshell, I am out to service women, serve them into their next chapter of their lives, no matter what that is, through three channels, my podcast, being an author, and speaking and learning how to own my creativity over the last year and a half has been a huge part of that and is why I pitched Elizabeth to just beg her to have me on her show. (laughs) Well, you know, usually at this point I ask people what their definition of creativity is, but, um, and, but what I wanted to hear more about from you is, um, well, a lot of times people will say, oh, I don't have a creative bone in my body or I'm not creative, you know, and, and I have a feeling that you were in that camp that, you know, <laughs> at, at one point you just didn't think creativity was part of, you know, who you were or that it was important. And, and not only do I think that it is important, it's an innate part of us and that if we don't nurture it, that, that we're broken in some part, you know, that we won't yes. be as efficient um, and as prosperous and, you know, whatever, uh, if we don't integrate that creativity into our lives. And so um, can you talk a little bit about your journey to embracing yourself as a creative person? Oh my gosh. And now I just totally own it. Like I own my creativity. And, and it's really important to mention that before I say anything else about it, because I was not that person. And now, like every day, I tell myself that I am an artist. I am a creative person. And and it has opened up doors that I never thought would open. But, but as, going back, I would say that I always used to say, like I always say that I'm not good at math. Like I say that consistently. I use it in my speech when I talk to women. I'm like, okay, I'm not good at math. And, you know, and I say that and, and I can say that pretty definitively because my math skills really suck. I'm sure that I could make that work, but I have zero desire to make that work. But at the same time, my same line of thinking was about being creative. I'm like, oh no, I'm not the creative one. I'm not the creative one. My husband is a graphic designer, but I'm not the creative one. Um, my sister crafts and quilts. I'm not the creative one. And, and I just have said that my whole life. And I, I made myself believe it. Like, I, and I'm, going to be 46. I'm going to say that I'm going to be 46 next month. And it took me till I guess I was halfway through my 44th year, you guys, 44 years in embracing this part of me that I wasn't creative. What a bunch of BS. What a bunch of BS. And I would say, especially over the last year, that knowing you and starting Oh my gosh, it hasn't been very long. It's only been a few months where I got into Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way Mm -hmm. and and what that, I had no idea what that book was. I I didn't even understand what you did, but but I will just say, so here's why I thought I wasn't creative. I thought I wasn't creative because I wasn't currently practicing a musical instrument. 
I thought I wasn't creative because I didn't like to scrapbook. I hate crafting. And I know some of you are just like, oh, you're all appalled because I hate crafting and you're listening to this right now. However, I, I don't craft. I hate sewing. Now, I do like to knit. It's, it's very calming for me. And my aunt taught me when I was in high school. And, and I have kept that. But I, I don't spend as much time on it as I should. And I, I love that as a creative outlet. But it's more just a calming, peaceful thing to me. I think that I like it because my creativity mostly lands in the ballpark of organization and and creating a comfort zone in my entire house. So I am, and Elizabeth can attest to this, I am like OCD level organizational freakazoid. And so I do not have a junk drawer in my house. I, I don't have any junk drawers. I don't have anything out of place. Everything in my house has a place. I am the one that they call as a resource. Like if you need to have something done, call Lori. If you need to have a volunteer team led, you need to call Lori. Like I, again, organizational freakazoid and I love it. Like I live for that. I also make my home beautiful. My home, when I, when people walk in my house, I want them to feel comfortable. I don't want them to feel like they're in a museum. I don't want them to have trash all around them. And not that I, judge anyone who has to have trash around them. Some people, that's not their forte. I get it. However, I want people to come in and just feel warm and cozy and comfortable and be able to sit by the fire and grab a book or look at the 350 movies because I'm a movie buff and have a million movies and pick one out and watch something because there's so many to choose from that, you know, they would, anybody who walks through my house can find something to watch. I also have, I love to write. And it wasn't until um, I, I met with you it, over this last year and learned about you, your skills in screen playwriting, which I, I have zero desire to do that. But I really wanted to write a book. And I wanted, I was like, I need to start writing this stuff down. Like I was in diapers till I was two at five years old. I went to kindergarten and got stung by a bee and my teacher <laughs> put mud on the bee and the bee sting. So they get the stinger out and I broke my arm when I was in third grade and I really loved to read and English was my best subject. And oh yeah, I had a bike with a banana seat and it was purple and I was jealous of my friend who had a BMX bike. You know, I mean, I thought that I needed to document every blessed living thing in my life to write a book. And that's all I could think about was this biography of my life. And, and it's so overwhelming though, you know, when oh, you think I of all that minutiae. Because I would never start. I would never start. And it wasn't until you told me about memoirs and how you taught memoirs and memoirs were a slice of your life. So for example, I'm vegan and I have a vegan journey to my whole food plant-based journey. I am a mountain biker, and that is a journey for me. I didn't graduate high school as a teenager, but I did after age 40. That was a memoir for me. And so all of a sudden, what you were teaching made sense, and I was it was like I was let free. It was like I, here I was, this little bird in a cage, and the cage that was keeping me caged was the overwhelming possibility of having to write all of those stinking memories down for 40 plus years of that. There's no <laughs> way on God's green earth that that was going to happen. And it and would so, take you another 40 years just to oh do that. Oh my gosh, it would be awful. <laughs> and, and no one wants to hear about that crap anyway. No one wants to hear about that. 
but but my memoirs, I've I've written a couple different things about slices in my life now via my blog, via you know all these different things um, like that. And your speaking school. engagements too. Oh, my speaking engagements, writing stuff for that. All of a sudden, the door was open. And that cage was gone. I don't even see the cage anymore. I have stepped out of the cage. It's in the dumpster somewhere. I don't know. It's in a landfill. Sorry about <laughs> adding part of the landfill. But really, that was this huge freeing experience of like getting out of jail. It was my get out of jail free card. And you just handed it to me and said, here you go. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I was able to open up this whole other line of creativity that has blessed me exponentially. Like I have been able to write like I've never written before because I was doing it in slices. Mm-hmm. Suddenly I was doing it in slices and not this overwhelming ridiculousness of thinking that I needed to document everything in my life. And so that, that was a huge thing. And then also, um, Julia Cameron, the artist way and writing your morning pages and taking yourself on artist date, which, okay. I just, as a side note, my husband bought me the artist way as a helpful, I'm, I'm air quoting right now, helpful self-care, self-learning book, whatever. And he gave it to me December of 2015 for Christmas. And I only started it three and a half months ago. And <laughs> I had no idea it was going to be so intense, that it was a workbook, that you were going to be doing all of these tasks. I'm on the last to, I just finished up like the, the ninth week and it's a 12 week course. And I, and I made the ninth week last two weeks and I just read kind of glanced through 11 and 12 week. And I'm, I'm going to spread those out over two weeks too, because they are intense and there's a bunch of these tasks and, and whatever, but it has again, just fortified the notion that I am creative. You know, I, I do mantras every single day that she has given me. My creativity heals myself and others. I'm going to have all these memorized. My creativity always leads me to truth and love. I will use my creativity to help other women. Yeah, I, my creativity is letting God help me unfold my life. So, you know, how, there's, so how do yeah. you use your creativity to help other women? Okay, so... That's actually, that's a great question. <laughs> so one of the ways that's just, just a fun, crazy way, because once you become connected to that, what Julia Cameron calls your artist child in you, everything becomes more playful. Everything in your life becomes more playful. So one of the things I did, I have an 80-year-old neighbor. Her name is Karen Romney. Bless her heart. She is an artist, and she's crazy awesome. And she wrote or she like watercolored these four um, pieces of art for me to create greeting cards to sell at the last conference. So I did what I call the lyrics on the inside and then she created the artwork for the outside of these greeting cards and it was just freaking fun. That was just fun. I do one of the tasks is to have an artist date every time. I'll just tell you I really sunk at the artist date. <laughs> the, fir- the first one I sat on a beach for two hours and went Wow, this sucks. I don't even like the beach. And then and then it went to going to the library. And then it went to going up to a bookstore I'd never been to that's an outdoor bookstore that I'd, I'd never done and going to my favorite place to eat. So my last one, last week, my I call them hashtag playdates. And the last one, I created a treasure hunt to be documented with pictures 
at the airport because I was traveling to go speak at a conference in Arizona, and I wrote this list of 10 things that I had to take pictures of while I was at the airport and then document it on Lori's Lemonade Sam Facebook page when I got back. So I took a picture with two strangers. I took a little video of the strangest thing I could find in the airport, which was traveling cats, by the way, <laughs> crates, and they were pissed, and they had already had Xanax, and they were not given in, and took a picture of artwork that was there, the craziest souvenir in the souvenir shop, the craziest hat. I took a picture of me with this really ridiculous Hollywood <laughs> hat with flowers. Oh my gosh, it was awful. Really awful. Um, but you get you get connected to the playful side. And I want women, so first of all, through the creativity are my words. So writing my blog every week in helping women. So all the ones through January of 2017, it was a four-part series. And every week a blog came out about how to set goals the right way, the fun way, the way that you're going to get it done, and what you can do to make sure that your goals are accomplished in 2017. So that's amazing. Um, it has helped me to realize, well, first of all, I would say that it's given me confidence in my creativity, right? Mm -hmm. Confidence that I could go out and share my stuff. So writing as far as the blog, writing my speeches and what I tell people, and letting my creativity flow to where I can give actionable steps to women to take. Uh, one of my more famous ones is the, the motivation step. And I always tell women that motivation is step two because everybody always says that, right? Oh, I'm just waiting to get motivated. Yeah, um, I'm waiting a long time. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be motivated. And so I always tell people that motivation is step two. Action yeah. is step one. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. I think that, yeah. you know, so many people um, are actually waiting, not just for motivation, but waiting for the complete picture to arrive. And then when they've got all of that, oh, now I can move forward. But it's really about having fun in the process because, you know, you're not going to, I mean, you have a general goal. Okay, I want to write a book. Um, but you're not going to have the whole thing figured out in your mind. The only way you figure it out is through the process. You have to take action, you know, write down, you know, the first sentence right. and, um, right. and then, and then you start that process off. And I think also people are, um, judging themselves by the end product. You know, they're judging their beginning by the end product of what they see out there. And, you know, you can't do that. That, that will not get you motivated, you know, when you're well, and comparing that's, yourself. And that's absolutely, so that takes me to my next thing, like my creativity and my speeches is that I have come up with this. So my latest speech is called the happy middle. And, and why that is, is because you can't touch a tomorrow. Tomorrow will never be here. And I believe that we're going to live for eternity. So really there's never going to be a happy ending. There's, there's no happy ending because I just believe that we're going to live forever, not forever in our physical bodies here, but I believe our soul goes on forever. And beginnings, our, our happy beginnings or whatever our beginnings were, whether we use them for good or evil in our life, whatever that was, mm -hmm. the beginnings yesterday is only good as a learning tool, period. You only have a learning tool in yesterday. So if you can't touch it tomorrow, yesterday's gone, you can't change it, you're using it as a learning tool, that only leaves you today in your happy middle. And just like you're talking about, like if you're just going to keep looking at the end of the book, well, when I have a book... I'm going to be famous. When I have a book, I will be published. When I have a book, I will get more speaking engagements. When I have a book, I will feel complete. What, whatever, whatever that is, you're going to miss the whole journey 
the pleasure of writing that book. Yeah. Like, it's an awesome process to go through to write a book. Now, it's it's daunting, I will say that, but it's fun, it's awesome, and if you don't enjoy the journey, I mean, once the book is published, that's whatever, whatever's going to happen after that, like, you've poured your heart and soul into that. You better dang well be enjoying that journey. Yeah, and you know, I think that you're, the task that you set yourself uh, to take 10 pictures uh, at the airport. Um, I thought, I think that's great because it's playful and it's just, be, it's just because, you know, it's, it's not, it's not something that, oh, I have to do that in order to gain entrance into the conference or something, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's because you just want to do something creative. And I think that's so important for us not to say, okay, if I do this, it's going to get me XD dollars. Or if I do this, it's going to, you know, that return on investment. I think people get so caught up on that, that yeah. they miss out on just the sheer joy and pleasure of the activity in of itself. Yes. And that's kind of the whole point is she says, look, you need to take yourself on an artist date every week. If, if you're pushing your artist date around because you have work, and, oh, I need to work late, or my cousin called and needs help with something. If you're not protecting your playtime, then everything else is just going to be bogged down. Like, it's going to be completely bogged down, and you're not going to be able to function because you didn't take some playtime for yourself this week. I mean, you think about kids in elementary school and recess. Like, they have to have recess or they're going to go crazy. And you're not going to, as a teacher, want them in your classroom. You're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to send these crazy kids home. You know, you yourself need to just look at that and go, okay, I need recess. And when you think about it in those terms, having recess once a week, really not that often. That's true. Not yeah. that often for recess. Yeah. And and so I think I think we need recess. And I think that's why I'm so excited to be using creativity in a way that is going to help other women Find their playful middle, their happy middle. Mm -hmm. And yeah. how has your creativity been, uh, um, I don't know, influenced or developed by doing your podcast? Oh, oh my gosh. So I just love my podcast. My podcast is just the best. And, and part of that is selfish, I will say, because I there are people that I want to interview. Number one, you've been on my podcast, so I've wanted to interview you because I knew about your history and what you have to offer is just insanely awesome. And so I, the selfish part is that I get to ask whatever the heck I want. <laughs> I get, I get these people that I love and admire for 45 minutes and I can ask them whatever the heck I want for 45 minutes. And so the biggest help, at least for me has been all that I've gleaned from these incredible women who have just been so willing to open up and share their story, whatever that is, how to, how to geocache or how to, you know, do all these things, how to write your screenplay, how to write your memoirs, how, you know, to write your business story, all of these different things that you can learn how to do or how to be a good businesswoman. I have some entrepreneur ladies that are in there, um, how to write a blog, whatever it is The the part that I love is that not only am I, I get the selfish part of that and I love meeting with these women but then I'm sharing that interview with anyone who will listen. And hopefully it's inspiring them to go and do and be more in their life. I know a lot of women over age 40. I know tons of them that are doing a lot of things over age 40. However, this is a transitional stage from like 40 to 55 or so where 
a lot of women who have kids, their kids are all leaving the house and all of a sudden they're becoming empty nesters and they don't know what to do with themselves. They don't know if they should go back to college. They don't know what their retirement is going to look like. You know, there's just, there's a lot of what ifs. And I want those what ifs to become possibilities in their life. Like, don't make it a what if, make it a why not. Yeah. <laughs> why not? Why not? Because I, I feel like we don't give ourselves enough credit because we as women are nurturers and, and especially ones who have become mothers or have like mentored other young girls or whatever, when they're grown up and they're starting to spread their wings and do their own thing, all of a sudden you're like, well, what is my purpose in life? What is my purpose in life? And And I think that instead of looking at it as, I was, all of me was connected to this person or this daughter or this son or whoever you're mentoring or whatever that is, take a little bit to find out what you want to nurture about you and, and how that, I mean, that absolutely applies to creativity, whether that's playfulness or service or building a business or, you know, writing a book or writing poetry or, you know, what, whatever that is, what new skill do you want to develop? And I think that it's really important to encourage these women in this stage of life specifically to go for it, to just what's, go for it. What's the best advice that you've ever received in terms of going for it and owning your creativity? Oh, this will be, um, this is an easy one. And it just came to mind as soon as you asked that. So a long, long time ago, I got asked to do something at church that was, it was a pretty big calling at church and I was going to be responsible for, all of these women in a geographical area in just making sure that the needs of their lives were met. We're talking like making sure they had food and clothes and housing and, and things like that. And then once those physical needs were met, that their spiritual needs were met. So it was a, a church calling. And I remember feeling pretty overwhelmed about that. And this lady gave me the best advice. And I don't even know who it was now because, but I remember clearly we were out at the beach, we were doing some activity and she said, I, you just need to remember this. There are going to be people who love everything you do. Everything. Like, you will walk on water to them. And, and they're going to love whatever decision you make. They're going to follow you to the ends of the earth. They're going to love everything you do. But there are going to be people that hate everything you do. They're going to be irritated by everything you do. They're not going to like you. Um, I, I think you. this is before social media. So as from social media, you can really see that now. Like, there's just a lot of negative Nellies out there. And that's all they're doing. Like, they're just out there spreading their negativity as this infectious disease. And it's disgusting. Like, if you don't like me, then don't follow me. <laughs> just get off my page. Like, no one asked you to come here if you don't like me. You don't have to, like, give your gross opinion and, and be vulgar or whatever. If you don't like me, that's okay. But I think that um, going into that and, and having received a bunch of that now and receiving that, you know, throughout my life, I was in my late 20s then. I was almost 30 when I got that advice. Um, just knowing that you can't please everybody mm -hmm. gives you the freedom to follow your line of creativity, whatever that is. I mean, creativity might be scrapbooking for you. It might be sewing. It might be all the things that I just hate. I absolutely hate. But that's just because that's not where my creativity lies. But whatever your creativity is, you should own it at no matter what anyone else says, whether they love it or hate it. This isn't about them. You're not out to please them. You're using your creativity to build yourself first. And then you'll, there'll be others who love you and they're going to love everything that you do. 
The haters can just hate and walk away, whatever. <laughs> can you share one of your personal habits that contributes to your creative success? Getting enough sleep and getting up early. Yeah. I, I, would, say, I would say number one, um, and, and the reason I say that is because well, first of all, if I don't get enough sleep, I'm a crab apple. I am, I am grumpy. I have a headache. I can't focus. There's this fog. Nothing flows, whatever. And I'm a solid seven-hour sleeper. So if I can just turn my lights off at 9.30 and hopefully be asleep by 9.45 and get up at 5 the next morning, I'm, I'm golden. And I, I will not have a tired headache, and I can make things slow. But that, as far as that, uh, number one, and, and if you wanted two and three, I would say eating right and having a plan, being organized. And where does exercise, cycling come into all of that? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So everyone listening, one of my, I, I wouldn't even call it a total creative outlet, although uh, maybe it is because I coach. So I am super into mountain biking, and, and I have a road bike, and I have a mountain bike, and I have a fat tire bike, and, and I have a commuter bike, and they all have names, by the way. I have to share the names. So my <laughs> commuter bike weighs a million pounds. Her name is Clarabelle because she can't go fast, and it's like she has a cowbell on her, and she's moseying. So every time I use the commuter bike, I'm like moseying, and it has saddlebags, and it has everything. And then my my road bike is fancy because my dad took me off-roading on her one time and I was like, that's it. And I named her fancy because she is not, she's a princess. She does not belong in the dirt. She needs to be on the road. Um, and then my mountain bike is Katarina and she's the one that I ride most often. And I, so I exercise five or six times a week and that doesn't mean cycling all those times, but, uh, for me exercising every day, you get all those endorphins running, and it's good for your heart. It clears my head. Um, I get to listen to really loud music, which really pumps me up and gets me going for the day. And I'm like yelling out stuff from Pink, you know. And um, <laughs> so it's really, it's really good. But mountain biking is um, is definitely my favorite. I love mountain biking. I've become better at it over the years, and my husband and I help uh, coach the local high school mountain bike team. And so, for example, here's a creative one. I, I am leading practice on my birthday this year. And last year, I started a tradition, and I had to ride on my birthday last year. And we wore neon colors. One girl put neon duct tape all over her helmet. We wore tutus and crazy socks and little skirts. And, well, not the boys. But then, you know, we just went out and had a fun, fun, fun ride. And we're going to do it again this year. And everybody that was involved last year is very excited to be doing it again. And so mountain biking, definitely a huge part of my life. And I've had to learn some serious skills. I sucked at it. Like six years ago, you yeah, you guys would have laughed. But I now race mountain bikes in the summer. And and I really, I really, really love it. <laughs> is there a person in your life that inspires you to be creative? And this person could be in your life or, or not. It could be a stranger. It could be somebody who's passed on. Oh... Um, that probably comes down to two people. Um, first of all, because you've been in my life for the last year and I've had to own my creativity and figure out what that was. And then having the Julia Cameron thing come in later after I kind of opened myself up to the possibility that I actually was creative. I was a creative person. Um, I really, truly consider myself a creative artist now. Like I, I am a creative artist and, and I own it. Um, but I would say my best, hugest supporter is my husband, Eddie, because he, him and I own a business 
and he has let me go. We had to hire an office manager, and he's let me go so that I could follow these creative dreams of Lori's Lemonade Stand as a podcaster, author, and speaker. And he, at every turn, I was having a hard time yesterday with something that made me feel down. And I talked to him this morning about it. And he is just my biggest cheerleader. Like He is just like, well, that's a bunch of BS. And you don't listen to that. And you just need to embrace this. And you're going to do this. And what about this? And he's a podcast junkie. So he listens to, I mean, we're talking tons of podcasts. Wow. He's kind of a, a wordsmith and knows all these big words. Sometimes I have to stop him and go, whoa, 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 whoa. What does that mean? What did you just say? Wait, I have to get my dictionary. How do you spell it? Okay. Uh, so he's really... He's really, really smart, but he's just an incredible cheerleader to my creativity. And, and I could not, I couldn't be doing this without him. There's just no way. Do you have a favorite work of art? And it can be any type of art, like a song or a poem or book or painting or anything, sculpture. Well, um, okay, I would say my favorite artist is Kelly Ray Roberts. And she, all of her, all, I'm, no one will be able to see this, but you can. This is one of her angels. Um, so she she paints and, and does, she used to only paint, but she does a bunch of other things now. I'm holding a statue in front of Elizabeth right now, and, and it's this beautiful angel. She's holding a butterfly, and she has a butterfly in her hair, and her hair is up in a bun, and she has wings, and it says hope. And then it has all of these inspiring messages on it. So keep being brave. Trust your strength, surrender your fear, sing out loud, believe in healing, unleash your joy, celebrate the gift of today, never give up ever. And, and that's just on this one little angel. And so I have her works, uh, paintings, angels, all sorts of things all over my house because they're inspirational. My brother would tease me because I have a bunch of her stuff in the downstairs bathroom the guest bathroom and he's like, well, there's nothing, there's no shortage of reading in here. And so, <laughs> cause there's all these things to, he's like, I feel better after going to the bathroom in your bathroom. You know, cause I have all this stuff from Kelly Ray Roberts that's in there, but, uh, she absolutely is my favorite artist. I would say my favorite author right now is Nancy Campbell Allen. She is, oh my gosh, I don't know how novelists do it. Like some people just have a talent for writing, and and she's just absolutely talented. So the first book I ever read of hers was called Beauty and the Clockwork Beast. So it's a, a spin on Beauty and the Beast, and uh, it is a steampunk romance. So there's got like there's vampires, there's shapeshifters, there's all these different things that I would never be into. But she spun it in this, and it's a clean romance novel. For those of you who like Harlequin romances, you're not going to like this. Um, but it's clean, and it's this steampunk romance. And she had one other book out called My Fair Gentleman, which, again, spin on My Fair Lady. And, uh, and it's just a regular clean romance, a proper romance. And it is it is just awesome. And just reading it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I want to write like her. I will never because that's not my dream. But, but wow. I mean, you just, how do you come up with all that crap in your head? I don't know, but that's just, that is amazing. That is just amazing. So do you have a favorite quote that inspires you? Yes. Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc. I have it written right here. I will tell you, I am not afraid. I was born to do this. And, um, and so that it hangs, it was from junk girls in Cambria, California. They have this awesome little shop where she, the shop was actually opened um, as a therapy for her, an outlet for her and a creative outlet for her. And she, it was, um, Jennifer and Melissa and, um, 
And so they take an, they took an old spoon and flattened it out and then stamped in there those words for me and then put a little, a little tag on it that said trust. So I am not afraid. I was born to do this trust. And, and those, yeah, those junk girls, every time I go up to Cambria, that's one of my favorite places to visit on vacation. I always go and visit them because they've, They've helped me so much. They're awesome. I'm trying to get them on the podcast. I just need to get them to respond. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sounds like they'd be great to, to chat with. So is there anything else that you would like to leave us with as we wrap up here? Yes. So I'm, I'm going to leave us on a positive note because that's my whole thing is taking sucking lemons moments, whether they have been choices that you have made in your life. Um, and you've created those sucking lemons moments, or they have been something that you've not chosen and somebody's thrown lemons at you, sometimes really hard. Um, changing those things into lemonade is the key to success. And so I, my best advice is to not be hard on yourself. And I'm going to give you a little activity real quick, how to do that. So I call it the best friend exercise. And I, I am a food addict, and one of the times that I was really, really down in the dumps, um, I literally was on the phone with a friend just crying and feeling ashamed, feeling guilty that I couldn't have control over my food, that food was my obsession, and, you know, I just, I was feeling miserable. I, I hated my body. I hated this, and I'm not overweight. I just, like, oh, I hate these last seven pounds or whatever it is. And I just was feeling miserable. And when I talk to people about this, I say, okay, now what would you tell me? I'm saying this to you on the phone. I am down in the dumps. I am crying. I'm depressed. I'm awful. What would you tell me? And inevitably, one of the first things that people say in the audience is, you're beautiful. You are beautiful. You are loved. You this is temporary. This is whatever. And they, they tell me all of these amazing things to tell me how wonderful I am. And then I say, so how come we can't be our own best friend? How, how come when we are in those moments, we can't, because if our friend was there and our friend was sitting on the ground, crying, depressed, horrible, what would you do? I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I'm sorry that you're going through this right now. It's going to be temporary. We're going to find a way out. You are beautiful. And you get to that point and you think, I need to put that into practice. Now, I'm not saying I'm good at it. I'm, I'm learning. I'm trying really hard to be good at that. And it's not an easy thing to do. But I think if you just, first of all, think of it as a concept, as this small little idea and at some point, think about it when you're going through something. And then the next time you're going to think about it again, and the next time you're going to think about it again, that pretty soon you can be your own best friend. I'm not saying you need to replace your best friends because I love my best friends, okay? However, I, I think that we need to just give ourselves a break sometimes. Give I ourselves agree a break. With you. Yeah, you know, and I think that you, you mentioned um, uh, earlier that, that your husband is your biggest cheerleader. And I think part of our 
you know, healing process as human beings, just in general, is that we need to learn how to be our own best friends too. You know, not to the exclusion of anybody else, but but we have to be our cheerleader and we have to own our creativity and own our expertise and pat ourselves on the back when we've done something amazing and pat ourselves on the back when we're struggling too, you know? Like, yes. and I think that it's, you know, especially for women, it's been so hard, um, I think, for a lot of people to embrace that because we're, we're not being good women or good mothers or daughters unless we're helping other people you know to the yeah. you know detriment of our own selves and and I keep going back to that air airplane analogy that you have to put your oxygen mask on first before you help yeah. anybody else because you're no good to anybody else if you haven't <laughs> done that first. exactly yeah exactly and I know that people have used that for years but it's absolutely true it's as true today as it was then yeah and and we need to do that and it's not a selfish thing I'm not talking about being selfish. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking about taking care of your basic needs first because, like, if I'm not happy, ain't nobody happy in my house. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, but, like, as the mom, you get control over that. As the woman of the house, like, if you're not happy, everyone else is miserable because you're not happy. And so somewhere you have to find your happy. You have to find your happy. Even if it's a crummy time, like, let's say I just sat down to write my book and I just, nothing's coming today. Take it as a learning experience. It's done. Move on. See what else you can do. Yeah. Set it aside and do something else. Yeah. Because at least you sat down and you did it. Even though you weren't inspired yeah. or motivated, you sat down and you did it. And, th and that's a victory, you know. And so yeah. that those little baby steps. So it's been so great talking with you. Thank you for coming on my show. Oh, you're welcome. I love you. So I would come on anytime. This is great. <laughs> this is amazing. Thank you for having me, though. I'm completely honored that you would have me on your show. 